The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. The title to my message this morning is Catch Those Thoughts. According to Ephesians 3.8 in the Message Bible, Paul said this. Paul said, preaching and teaching about things I don't totally understand. That's what Paul said. He said, I'm preaching and I'm teaching about things I don't totally understand and that are over my head. Well, saints, if they were over Paul's head, I'd like you to know this morning, they're probably over my head too. But saints, today I would like to share some things with you that I truly believe will help you in some of the things that you might be going through or that you might be wrestling with. I would like to say right up front that, I, I'm, that uh, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a scientist. However, I do believe that I can share with you the things that God has placed into my spirit to share with you. I would like to explain just a little today about the spiritual versus the scientific way of the brain and the mind that God has blessed us with. He has blessed us with an awesome, awesome mind. I, I don't think that we realize what a great brain that God, if you could just get into a little bit of the science, and I'll probably mention this several times, but the Bible is not catching up with science. Uh, science is actually catching up with the Bible, and God is getting through to us through science what He has always been trying to tell us from day one. He's always tried to share these things with us to make our lives easier. But we're, we're not heeding His Word. We're not reading the Word. We're not being instructed. We're not walking in obedience. And so therefore, we're not living the life that He would like for us to live. So I believe that through a scientific and a spiritual way that I can show you some of the ways, and it's just a tip of the iceberg. Like I said, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a scientist. However, the Lord gives me enough just to give you an understanding of just how great you are and what an awesome creature that he has created in you, okay? He, God has designed humans to observe our own thoughts and a way to catch those that are bad and to get rid of them, according to 2 Corinthians 10, 5. The importance of capturing your thoughts cannot be ever, ever, ever be underestimated because research shows that the vast majority of mental and physical illness comes from our thought life rather than the environment and genes. I know that we've touched on this before, but however, I think it bears mentioning again. For an example, an undisciplined mind is filled with a continuous stream of worries and fears, all which goes against what God's Word teaches us. We all know in Matthew 6, 4, 34, he says, don't worry about tomorrow. He says, because today is going to have enough troubles of its own. But what do we do? Every day we, we wake up worrying, we go to bed worrying. But you may not realize this, but worry is a sin. Because when you're worrying, all you're saying is, I'm not trusting God. You're trying to handle the situation yourself instead of, taking care, until, instead of trusting God with it. Are you hearing me? Amen. That worry is a sin. And, and you might say, well, how can you help? Pastor Joe, how can you ever stop? How can you stop worrying? Easy. Give it to the Lord. Isn't that what he tells you? I think it's in 1 Peter. He said, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. So we have to give it to him. Hallelujah. He also says that he didn't give you a spirit of fear. 
in 2 Timothy 1, 7. He said, I did not give you a spirit of fear. So if he didn't give you something, then we shouldn't be taking it. The enemy is the one that's giving it to you. Not only, so we cannot afford, we cannot afford not to bring all thoughts into captivity to Jesus Christ. Not only for health reasons, but also so that we can calm our spirits, so that we can tune in and listen to what God is speaking to us. Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. In Proverbs 4.20, in the message translation, it says, Dear friend, listen well to my words. Tune your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view at all times. That's what Pastor Larry was just prophesying to you. To tune your ears to his voice. Keep his message in plain view at all times. He said, concentrate. Learn it by heart. Those who discover these words will live, according to the message translation, they will really live, body and soul. He says, and they're bursting with health. He said, keep vigilant and watch over your heart. He said, because that's where life starts, is within our hearts. It's a hard word, I know, today, as I continue on with this word. And I know that I might step on some toes, but I'm not concerned about it. Because the Lord says, don't worry about what man thinks. Don't, don't, don't dread their faces for what, man can, what can man do to you. So the only thing they can do to me is ask me not to come back. <laughs> so that, that's the, hard, the worst thing that I know of today. So I know it's hard. But Jesus' disciples thought it was a hard word too when he was talking to them in John 6, 60 about drinking his blood and eating his flesh. They said, how can anyone understand this? How can anyone accept this? Saints, it's a hard word because we don't want, we don't like to think that we have anything to do with what's going on in our lives. So it becomes a hard word to us. When we don't want to take responsibility, we blame everything on the devil, not wanting to accept responsibility for anything. We're living in a world today that don't want to take responsibility for anything. Right. As a matter of fact, you know, they feed off every, they take every opportunity, even, even tragedies, they feed off of it. Just like with a tragedy that happened the Friday, you know, already the, the, the political people are making a show of it, you know, trying to use it for their benefit. You have people here that's hurting. You have people here that's suffering. And what are they doing? They're, making, they're out there trying to feed off of it, trying to use it for their benefit and for their good. They won't take responsibility. And I'm telling you something else, Christians. If you don't stand up and start fighting for your rights and what belongs to you, this world is going to come to an, a way that you're not going to like. The Lord gave me a word of prophecy a couple of years ago. And, and like I told the people at that time, I'm not here to make you afraid or to frighten you. But I am telling you that if you don't start standing up, there's not going to be anything left to stand up for. That the hard times are coming. Hard things are coming. And that they were in the near future. And they were coming then, and, but they have increased and are continuing to increase. But we have our Father. And we have His protection. We have the God. We have the Creator of the universe on our side. We have Him living on the inside of us. Are you hearing me? Amen. We don't have to put up with this stuff. We need to be praying for those that are suffering. The Bible says cry with those that are crying and laugh with those that are laughing. And the people, they are mocking these tragedies. They're mocking them and using them for their own. This is what our world is coming to. That's 
and that, and the Lord threw that in there. That is not in my message, but <laughs> but we have got to take responsibility for the things in our life. The Lord tells us in Hosea four six that His people are being destroyed. He says for lack of knowledge. He also says He also says because you have rejected knowledge. In other words, it is not necessarily because we're not getting the knowledge, it's because we're not receiving the knowledge. You come to church every Wednesday, Sunday, Friday, whatever, you're getting wisdom, you're getting knowledge. The knowledge is being spoon-fed to you. But the pastors, Larry or any other pastors, they can't force you to eat it. You have to receive it for yourself. And you cannot continue not to receive the word and expect to live the abundant life. That's right. You cannot expect to live in health, walk in prosperity, if you don't feed on the word. It's as simple as that. That's right. If you want to be lazy, be lazy. But the pastor and I or anybody, they can't lay hands on you and keep anointing you and make everything all right. We would like to do that, but we're not musicians. Right. We're pastors. We can only do what the Lord anoints us to do. Yeah. Yeah. Only He can change you, and, and that will only happen by His Word. Amen. Are you hearing me? Yeah. He says, Our ears have grown dull to God's Word. And that's just so true. In Hebrews 15, uh, Hebrews 5 through 11, and Matthew 13, 5 said, Our ears have grown dull to God's Word. In Psalms 119, 66, it says, Teach me knowledge. And good judgment, for I trust your commands. In Proverbs 2, in the New King James, he says, My son, he says, if you will receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Saints, I never realized that my thoughts played such a major role in my everyday life. However, over the past 18 months or so, the Lord has impressed upon me to get a better understanding of the things that I think on, the things that I've been thinking on, and how they're affecting my life, Amen. and also how your thoughts are affecting your life too. I find that I'm guilty, like most of you that don't really give much thought to what you think about. I'm guilty too. Some of us more guilty than others. We're all not all equal. I am, for years, have been trying to renew my mind but I haven't, never, I haven't uh, arrived yet and never will. But I do get better every day. I find myself, I catch myself. I think that's what's called catching those thoughts. I catch myself sometimes starting to say something, and before I say it, I catch myself. In other words, I catch that thought and, and say something else. Or either I, I'm tempted to say something and I capture that and keep my mouth shut. Because opening is not going to profit me anything. It's just going to make the situation worse. So sometimes it's better just to keep your mouth shut. So you don't even have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about capturing in thoughts. Just don't say anything. Hallelujah. I cannot honestly say that I can help you resolve this situation in a few minutes or one sermon here this morning. However, I am praying that I'll be able to share enough of these facts with you today that you will begin to think more about what you're thinking about and what you're filling your mind with. Also keep in mind 
that God's truth would always change facts. So I'm talking about some facts today, and I'm also talking about some truths. But we have to know that the Word of God is truth. John 17, 17 said, My word is truth. And your truth will always change facts. So it doesn't matter. And this is where we, it's hard for us to understand this because when we're having a hard time and we're going through difficulties, whether it's in our health or a loved one or finances, whatever it is, it's hard for us to uh, understand that these are just circumstances around us. These are facts. And God's word can change those circumstances and change those facts yes, yes. and make them truths. You know, so this is one of the things. I've been studying several resources, including the Bible, of course. And of those resources, most of those resources have come from Dr. Caroline Leaf's books. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of Dr. Caroline Leaf. She had, she had several books, but I was mostly pro focusing on who switched off my brain and who switched on your brain. I would recommend the books very highly. I've also studied a lot from Pastor Kerry Blake's research from John G. Lake's ministry and some of the older ministries, Brother Hagin and, and a lot of those, uh, Dowie, Dowie, I think it's Dowie, and, and some of the others. And uh, we all know they had awesome ministries. They were all generals in, in, in the Lord's army. And the more I look into this, the more amazed I am about how the Lord has created us and, and what an awesome brain and mind our Father has blessed us with. So I'd like to share a few facts with you that I believe will help you to better understand the importance of renewing your mind. I know that you've heard a lot of sermons on renewing your mind. I've taught a lot of them myself, and you're probably going to hear a lot more about renewing your mind because it's so important that you get it. Because in order to and renewing your mind so you can think like your father. Yeah. Also, it helps you to recognize what an awesome creature or creation that God has created when He created us. Yes. Hallelujah. The Word says He created you and me in His image and His likeness, so we have to be, we have to be awesome. <laughs> we have to be awesome creations and creatures because we're in His image and in His, His likeness. I know that we're all familiar with Proverbs 23, 7, where it says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I will use this probably throughout. Also in Luke 6, 45, where it says, Out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3, it says, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. And I, I understand that this, this scripture gets read, uh, read a lot, meditated on a lot, but I'm praying that you'll hear it with new ears this morning. He says in verse 4, said, We use God's mighty weapons, not, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. He says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. He says, we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. When you're bringing a thought into captivity, that's what you're doing. You're teaching, you're, you know, you're teaching yourself to capture that thought and to say what God says. Another translation puts it this way. He says, we are taking prisoners of every thought, every emotion, and subduing them into obedience to the anointed one. Subdue means to overpower by superior force. It means to conquer and bring into subjection. Saints, we are that superior force. We are that superior force because we have the whole Godhead living on the inside of us. We are that superior force. 
that's going to capture those thoughts and subdue them and bring them in. What is a thought? A thought is the product of mental activity. It's the act or process of thinking. Another definition for a subdue is to bring under mental or emotional control. Have you ever wondered why God has given us so many scriptures concerning our thoughts? The Bible is loaded with it from Genesis to Revelations. And why Jesus gave us these scriptures on what we think on and what we speak. One of the reasons, saints, is getting your thoughts disciplined and under control is one of the first steps in freeing yourself of the burdens of the world. And it begins and begin to enjoy life despite the burdens of the world and despite the attacks of the enemy. Right. Romans 12, 2 in the New Living Bible says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then he says you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing, he says, and perfect. You might be wondering why I'm talking so much about your thoughts and how you think. Well, I'm talking about these things because the Lord has put it in my spirit to do so because he loves you. And he does not want to see you sick in your bodies anymore. And he doesn't want to see you living in like anymore. And I believe based on the word of God and scientific research that when you are made aware of how your thoughts and the words you speak affect you, then it will help you to begin to live the life that he meant for you to live. Are you hearing me? If you can have an understanding about your thoughts and how they are affecting you and how they're, they're, you know, you think about God is not the one that is holding out on us. It's, we are the ones, we're the culprits. You know, we're those children that never pay attention. We're the children that, that, that stay at home forever. You know, never leaves home. You know, you know they're always dependent on the parents. Well, that's what Christians, you know, a lot of Christians are like. They're like stay-at-home kids. You know, they keep coming. You know, you know, so sad. I'm going to say this and I might make you mad, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's time that we wake up, church. Amen. You know, we come here and we eat on this buffet every week. Sometimes twice, three, four times a week. We're eating on the buffet. You're eating on the buffet in between coming to church. You know, you're hearing the messages. You're hearing the music. You're being blessed. But yet you're still dragging yourself up here to be prayed for. And, that, and I, that's, I'm not knocking anybody that's coming up and be prayed for, because if I need to be prayed for, I'll come up and get prayed for. But my point is, it's, not this, it's, it's okay if you want prayer, because sometimes everybody needs help. But we should be the ones that's praying for them. Yes. But we're so busy praying for Christians that we ain't got time to pray for the unbelievers. We need to be ministering to the unbelievers. That's what you're coming to church for. That's what you're listening to the word for. You're in school. When you go to school outside of the church in a normal school, in a grade school from 1 to 12, and then you go to college, you don't stay in one grade. All, some people do. <laughs> they have to keep repeating the grade. But eventually they get out. Or either they get tired of them and push them on out. But my point is, we are here 
to learn so that we can go out and minister to the lost. There's people dying and going to hell every day. But we are so caught up in our own selves and what we're getting and what we're not getting that we don't have time for anybody else. And that ain't in my message either. But we have got to wake up. I'm telling you. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with getting prayed for. But there comes a time, you, you've got just as much power living on, if you've got the Jesus Christ living on the inside of you, and I trust that we all in here do this morning, then you've got the same power that I have, the same power that Pastor Larry has, or other pastors in here, we've got the same power. That's right. And God listens to you just as well as He listens to us, maybe more. That's right. You know, He calls out, you call out to the Lord. And He don't care where you are because there's no distance. You don't even have to be with a person to pray with them. I pray with people over the phone all the time, online, you know, on the phone, on the email, you know. You pray for them, and, and I'm seeing miracles happening all the time. And if we just take the time to, fo to focus on what's going on around us and how we can be of help to others. As a matter of fact, the Lord says, as you do for others, you're doing for me. And if you're not doing for them, then you ain't all doing for me. We must get out outside of our little comfort zone and get out there and start doing the work of the Lord. And I think that once we start doing this, we're going to have a lot less trouble going on with some of the politicians and stuff. Yes. We, need, we need to take our country back yes. while we still got one to take back. Do you agree with me? Like I said, if you, if, in other words, if you can understand something, brothers and sisters, you can, you can control it instead of allowing it to control you. That's my point. Are you hearing me? Amen. Knowledge and understanding give you the tools you need to save yourself. Neurologically speaking, your heart is ultra-sensitive to what you think and feel. It's ultra-sensitive. In other words, your thoughts directly affect the state of your heart. Even more frightening is that medical science has directly linked emotions, such as depression, to an increased risk of cancer and heart disease. However, saints, you have the power to change these facts. As I was just saying, the truth will change facts. You can change the way you think by renewing your mind to God's way of thinking. That's what he says in Romans 12 too. Think about that. You can actually prevent a lot of health issues from happening just by changing the way you think. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. You can prevent so many things it, you know, health issues or your immune system and all these things, but just by changing the way you'll think because your brain changes. Every thought that you have changes your brain. Your brain changes every time you have a thought. And it's amazing how many functions. It has billions. You're only aware of about 2,000s of the functions of the brain, but it's doing over, I don't think, about 400 billion wow. just in your brain. And that's a myth about we only use 10%. Some of us don't use that much. <laughs> Most of us use at least 10%. <laughs> you know, Holy Spirit, you got such a sense of humor. <laughs> but that, that was, not, I'm not going to teach on that. that was, those were some figures that came up with decades ago, but, but now they know better. But some people still believe that. So. 
<laughs> but you do, you do have a full brain up here, and it's operating at full, you know, full force all the time. Praise God. Action on both a spiritual and a scientific level is required to cha uh, for change to take place because your brain changes, like I said, with every thought. For starters, you, you can think yourself calm. You can think yourself healthy. You can think yourself out of worry and anxiety. You can think yourself out of resentment and bitterness. And you can think yourself out of stress. You can think yourself into forgiving. As a matter of fact, it is dangerous to your health if you do not forgive, especially damaging to your heart. Here is just a few of some of the dangers to your heart that comes from unforgiveness, resentment, and bitterness. One, hypertension. Results, it, it results in hypertension, high blood pressure. Two, angina, chest pain, and spasms of the heart tissues, heartache, strokes, the clogging of blood vessels so brain tissues become starved. Saints, these are spiritual and medical reasons for you to forgive. If you didn't want to forgive for any other reason, forgive for your own health's sake. You know? Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. While your heart is important, it is not the only system in the body that is in danger. Resentment, bitterness, lack of forgiveness, and self-hatred are just some of the toxic, negative thoughts and emotions that can trigger immune system disorders. Think about that. The Lord tells us in Mark eleven twenty five in the New Living Bible says, Whenever you pray, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. So that might be a wake-up call for some listening online or in here this morning. It might uh, be a, a, a hindrance and an obstacle that's delaying your prayer request because the Lord tells us before we come and I pray and ask for anything, to always make sure that we forgive. If we're holding a grudge against anyone, he says, let it go. Just let it go. And sometimes that's not easy. Even with loved ones, that's not easy sometimes. Yeah. Even with David back there, sometimes I just want to smack him. <laughs> but I love him, so I don't lay hands on him. Except when he's sick. <laughs> I know, the other, I know the other day he upset my apple cart. Do you ever get your apple cart upset? My apple cart gets upset every now and then. But you know, I found out that the more I grow in the Lord, the more I can adjust that apple cart without causing any other disorder, you know. Because I got up, I was going to spend time with the Lord. David said, we're going to work out and then we're going to have breakfast. That sounded good to me. So I made my prayer time short. But, you know, and then and since we're going to have breakfast, you know, we said, no, we won't have time to work out, but we're going to go have breakfast just as soon as so-and-so comes and fix the water. I, I jumped in the shower early in the morning. I, you know, I always do, but not that early. I jumped in there early in the morning, got my shower, got my makeup on, even put my heels on. I wanted to look good. You know, not every day is going to take me out to breakfast. You know, and so it, it just kind of interrupted my routine. 
So then I come out, I thought looking pretty good. And he's sitting at the counter and he says, well, I got to go to work. <laughs> You're right. I had no words. <laughs> I said, but, you know, I'm telling you this because, you know, it happens to all of us. There are ways of handling things, you know. So I said, but you said we were going to have breakfast. That's the reason why, I, you know, I didn't work out. That, you know, I was going to go work out and then come pick you up when there was da 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 you know. And he said, well, I got to go to work. I, I got to, you know, he's been going in early and coming home late, you know. So anyway, a lot going on. I understand that because I work early, late, too. But he, you know, he and I said, okay, that'll teach me. I, <laughs> I said, I don't get up early and put on makeup for everybody. <laughs> this is beat up on David Day. And <laughs> but he went to work, and I went about, you know, doing my thing. And uh, Susan, she came to work. She works for me. And she said, good morning, Pastor Joe. I said, good morning. I'm just not having a good morning today. <laughs> she says, you're not. And I said, no. And I just give her a little thing, you know, a little spill. She said, I'll tell you what. She said, why don't you and I go have breakfast? I said, that's a great idea. <laughs> so we jumped in my car, put on some spiritual music. We went and had breakfast. And by the time I got home, I'm ready to go to work. You know, I, I was, I'd already forgotten about, you know, forgive David and everything. But people get hurt. I'm saying I wasn't angry with him, but it hurt me. And sometimes the people we love can hurt us sometimes, or maybe people we don't know. But you, you, can, you can let it go. Because like I told Susan, I said, it's okay. I, I know David loves me, and he'd never do anything to hurt me. So I knew I wasn't going to mention it to him again. I wasn't going to say anything about it because I knew he had to go to work. And if he, hadn't, if he had another choice, he would have stayed. But my point is, it could have escalated into one of these, what they call, knock-down drag-outs. But it didn't because I'm growing. And you're learning to control your emotions and how you feel, even though you're hurt. You know, and, and like I said, we do get hurt. Sometimes we get angry with the loved ones or our spouses or whatever. You know, these are things that the Holy Spirit is quickening to my spirit. It's not, you know, to pick up David and everything, but it's just to show you that we can control our feelings and our emotions, you know. And, and it's good to have good friends around and good employees and people that, you know, come in and, and help you, you know. A good friend sent me a good prayer request, you know, this morning, a prayer, not a request, but prayer. You know, it, it's good you know, to have, you know, the, this people. And God, he, he arranges for this. He arranges to have, you know, he always sends you help. To, isn't that what the Bible says? That any time that you're attempted, he always gives you a way out? Yeah. Well, apparently Susan was my way out, you know. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> anyway, she was treated to a good breakfast. We both were, so it was good. Anyway, once again, Science is discovering that your heart's brain is a real intelligent force behind the intuitive thoughts and feelings that you experience. In other words, I was 
my heart was feeling that. You know, those intuitive thoughts. <laughs> I was having, some of them were maybe not good, but anyway, thoughts and feelings, but nothing bad. I, I really don't have those kind of bad thoughts. But once again, um, this is a case of science catching up with the wisdom of God's Word. Are you hearing me? Science is merely, like I said before, science is merely telling us things that God has been trying to tell us from the very beginning of time. You know, He's been trying to tell us in Proverbs 18, 21 that the power of life lies in your tongue. I could have chosen to use my tongue for something else, but I chose to keep my mouth shut. And sometimes that is hard because your flesh is just itching. You know, sometimes I mean really itching hard to say something. So it's not always easy to keep it, a zipper on it. But you do have it. As a matter of fact, I had to repeat this verse to me. I said, Lord, you said that the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. So it's not even my love that's letting this go. It's your love. So if you don't think you've got the love in your heart to let it go, you don't even have to use your love, love of God. Use His love that's been shut or brought in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? Because He says in Proverbs 6, 2, you are snared by the words of your mouth. In other words, you're caught. You're captive. That's right. A common theme in the Bible is the heart is a flowing spring of intelligence. As I said before, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. In Luke 5:22, we read where when Jesus perceived his, he perceived his disciples' thoughts, and he answered and said to them, "Why are you reasoning in your hearts?" And I know I just took that out of context there, but just to show you that we do reason in our hearts, and Jesus noticed that they were reasoning in their hearts when he was talking to them. According to researchers, the vast majority. A whopping 75 to 98 percent of the illnesses that plague us today are a direct result of our thought life. Only 13 percent attribute to our diet, genetics, and our environment. I want you to think about it. those are some high numbers. Research shows that 75 to 90 percent of all doctors' visits are stress-related ailments. Think about that. Just I'm, I'm telling you these things because you have control. You can have control over that stress, over your feeling, over those sicknesses that are attacking your body. They're coming from your thoughts. Another thing that might interest you and show just how powerful your thoughts are is what is known, and we spoke about this briefly once before, but it's known as the placebo effect. The placebo effect is when you have a positive thought that something can heal you, even though you don't know that it's a sugar pill. But you believe, the key word here is believe, if you believe it. It's the, if you believe it's the real medicine, then it'll heal you. you. You'll notice results. It was the thought that healed you. It was your thinking. It was not the medication because you thought it was real, even though it was a sugar pill. But it healed you. I think I've shared with you this before, but it's a good example, so I'm going to share it real quick with you again because I want to show you the power of your thoughts. You know, I, I, I shared this with you. That I read in a science um, book these, where there were two people that they were doing experiments on. These two men both had degenerate knee surgery. They both were suffering uh, with uh, degenerate knee uh, disorders. And, and what they did is they talked to the families 
and, and they had uh, the one family to agree that they would not have the surgery, but, but they didn't know that. Only one had the actual surgery and one did not. But the one who didn't have the real surgery didn't know it. Just like if you went to the doctor and he gave you a sugar pill and then you didn't know it. You thought he gave you the real thing. And so you started noticing results. It's it changing your thoughts. So the person that had the, those one that had the real surgery, they went in with the uh, person that didn't have the real surgery and they made a couple of cuts and they bandaged it up. But they, well, we do have a doctor in the house here. But, <laughs> but they didn't do the real surgery, but the results were the same. Both results. Your, your, your thoughts are powerful. That, that's my point this morning. Statistics reveal that one-third of all medical healings, including surgery, is a result of the placebo effect. What about negative thinking? This is what medicine doesn't tell you, it is, uh, is that negative thinking is called the nocebo effect, the N-O-C-E-B-O. -E it's called the negative thinking, it's called the nocebo effect. And in the same power that positive thinking can heal you, negative thinking can possibly kill you. They are both have the same effect. One is for positive and one is for negative, but the effects are exactly the same on your health. Are you hearing me? One will heal you and the other will make you sick. Think about that. In other words, what we think about truly affects both physically affects us both physically and emotionally. Another good example would be if you come forward this morning for prayer and Pastor Larry and I would pray for you. If you believe that God's word is true and, and you are healed and you will be, but if you let Satan convince you to think differently and keep you in fear about your sickness, then you'll never receive your healing. Because there's so many people that do come forth for healing that get prayed for, that I know are healed. I've been healed myself. So has David and so have others in here that I know of have been healed from prayer. But I also know people that have been healed that didn't receive it because they let the enemy snatch it away from them through fear. In fact, fear alone triggers more than 1,400 known physical and chemical responses in our bodies and is also the greatest cause of stress. Fear is the greatest cause of stress. And as I said before, in 2 Timothy 1, 7, said God did not give us a spirit of fear. Saints, the average person has over 30,000 thoughts a day. Think about that. In the Old Testament, the word heart is used more than 800 times. But more than 200 times, it deals with the thought life, the emotions, and the wellspring of life. Those things that motivate and mold us, the Bible calls the heart. Why did Solomon tell his son? Above all else, he told him, he said, guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. Saints, your thought life controls the rest of your life. And you might say, well, how do you control, how do you guard your heart? Well, I'm gonna tell you, according to the word, you control your heart by not being conformed to this world but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, according to Romans 12, 2. When God gets ready to change someone, how does he do it? By ch he does it by changing how they think. God changes the thought process. That's why he wants you to renew your mind, because that's how he changes you. 
That's how you move from glory to glory to glory. The Lord God wants us to present our bodies to him, including our minds, that he might transform us, according to uh, Romans 12, 1, where it says, to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord our God. Saints, no wonder the devil battles your mind. It's so important that we learn to keep our hearts because whether you realize it or not, there is a fierce battle that is raging for the control of your minds. When God is in your heart, then you're always going to be thinking what's right. You're going to be acting right. You're going to be doing right. However, when God is absent, you're, you're going to be thinking wrong. You're going to be living wrong and doing wrong. In closing, let me tell you something wonderful. God made you where you cannot have, think but one thought at a time. Regardless of what you think, you don't have two thoughts at one time. So how do you keep from thinking what's wrong? That's easy. Think on things above. Yeah. Colossians 3 in the Berean Bible says, Therefore, since you have been raised with Christ, strive for the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And verse 2 says, Set your minds, set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. For you died, he said, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Just think on the things above. And if you're thinking on what's above, you cannot be thinking on what's wrong. <laughs> Another way of saying it is just, as Pastor Larry was saying early in his prophecy, is just load up on his word. You know, load up on his word and get his word into your heart. David said, the word, the word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you want to know what's in your heart, just listen to, just, if you want to know what's in your heart, just listen to what escapes from your mouth because that's what's in your heart. What's coming out of your mouth is what's coming out of your heart. However, if you don't believe that you have the power to change your thoughts and control your choices, you're not going to do it. But however, keep this in mind. God has a plan for you, and it's a wonderful plan. The book of Proverbs shows you that his plan... For ha As a matter of fact, the book of Proverbs shows you his plan for having health, wealth, and wisdom. It all begins with your thought life. Everything begins with your thought life. I want to quickly share this uh, with you. According to this scripture, the one thing providing our level of spiritual, we're talking about from James 3, 2. I won't read all the scriptures. <coughs> Excuse me. According to this scripture, the one thing proving our level of spiritual maturity isn't how religious we are whether we can quote scripture or the good works we do, it is the words from our mouths. And James 1.21 says, If anyone thinks himself to be religious, piously observant of the external duties of his faith, and does not bridle his tongue, but deludes his own heart, this person's religious service is worthless, futile, and barren, an amplified version. It says, No matter how religious you think you are, the true test Proving your spirituality is whether you bridle your tongue, whether you bridle your tongue or not. Bridle means to restrain or control, and that's what we were talking about this morning. If we aren't controlling our tongues, we're not operating in the level of maturity that God wants us to have. So it's not about how much, how many scriptures you can quote, how many you can know. It's really about having control over your thoughts, your mouth, because uh, before it, it's a word, it's always a thought. Mm 